What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recording in progress. Man, who said that? Oh, my gosh. Hey, hey, everybody. This is, this is Kenny and Podcast. Yes, we've got a phenomenal special guest from the southern area of the USA down in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. Mike Clark is going to give us some perspective on the Atlanta Braves, on the Dallas Cowboys, and we might even talk a little college basketball, right? Um, it, it, with his North Carolina Tar Heels and see, I have no idea how good they're going to be this year. So we'll get, uh, We'll get a perspective from Mike. He's shaking his head, so it's you know. Um, so how you guys doing? All right. I'm good. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, hey. So Kenny, why don't we start there in Cleveland, and and Mike chime right in here because uh, you know we always talk about this, Mike, where there's so much sports happening on Christmas Day, the NBA, and then there was a couple of NFL games, and we typically never watch any of it. You know, we typically do it other stuff. Uh, you know, this Christmas, though, in between, I, I happened to watch a lot of the Packers and Browns. I uh, just had it on there, and, and I happened to get a new TV for Christmas. All the kids, thank you, Kenny, if you contributed to that. All the kids got me a brand new TV for out here. So, uh, so yeah, that was the first thing I kind of watched there. But what a heartbreaker for the Browns. So, Kenny, give us a perspective there in Cleveland. What's uh, are are they thinking the playoffs are done? Or I mean, because they're still mathematically in, but what's what's the perspective down there in Cleveland? Yeah, um, basically everyone thinks that the Browns are done. Um, I did see an article that they could feasibly still win the division, which yep. is kind of surprising. But um, they would need, which I guess this isn't outrageous they would need the Bengals to lose to the Chiefs this week and then something else needs to happen too but um like it's it's not out of the realm of possibility but also they really haven't shown much where they could actually do it um it's like the third or fourth time Baker Mayfield's had like a bad interception late in the game um and I think people are really starting to sour on him a little bit yeah. Um, it's really hard because I think a lot of people really like him. Like, they like his toughness. They like that he's just like 
he doesn't sugarcoat it with the media, but like at some point you still got to win football games. And this Browns team is constructed where they could win a Super Bowl. But if the quarterback's going to be the one that holds you back, then maybe it's time to start looking other places. Like I've seen a lot of people, especially after like the Packers are a really good team, but four interceptions isn't going to cut it. Um, and afterwards, I saw a lot of people kind of saying, like, yeah, maybe it's time to get a new quarterback. Um, and the thing is, like, you can't really – there's not really a good quarterback in the draft this year. Yeah. Not like – like, the last few years, there's always been, like, those two or three guys, like, oh, yeah, got to get this guy. There really doesn't seem to be that guy this year. I mean, maybe you can try to convince Russell Wilson that Cleveland's the spot as opposed to, like, New York or L.A., but that's going to be hard. Um, Aaron Rodgers may decide to leave. Maybe you could convince him, hey, Cleveland's like Green Bay, except maybe a little bit bigger. So I don't know. But I think the Browns need to need to look at something. Yeah. Mike, what was your take? Did you catch any of that um, Packers-Browns game? Uh, by the time I had turned it there, Mayfield had already thrown like three interceptions. <laughs> uh, so uh, just like he was saying, the, the fact they were they still had a chance to win that game at the end even with him throwing four picks, uh, shows you, you know, where their team is at. And uh, like he said, though, I think national media is really uh, starting to sour on the idea of of Baker starting there continuously because uh, their defense is phenomenal. Uh, but if you're going to throw four picks, it's going to be pretty tough to beat anybody. So I think they're a good team. I think they're a solid team. They're in a tough division this year yeah. uh, with the, the Ravens and the Bengals yeah. uh, both being really good now. But I think come off season, they are going to have to decide who is going to be their guy that leads the offense. Yeah. And, and you know, Mike, and Kenny and I have talked about this uh, uh, a lot this year. You know, there's there's several teams that – that uh, have, that's a tough decision after three, four, five years to let go of a quarterback. And, you know, the Eagles, you know, finally pulled the trigger. Uh, the Rams did this past year. Um, you know, and we've talked about the Giants as well as the Browns, you know, and the Cowboys. And, and let, let's go to Dallas. I mean, on the opposite end, the, the Sunday night, I mean, the frustration just, um, you know, boiling over for the Red. Uh, I, I started to say the Redskins again, sorry, but for the Washington football team, and but the Cowboys just played an, a near perfect game there, but they were in the same spot almost the last year with Dak, and they obviously chose to stick with him, and it's paid off for them. Give us a perspective there, and I know you read a lot about uh, about your Cowboys. Give us a perspective there. It's got to be some excitement, right? Yeah, I think I think this Sunday they finally put it together. Um, Dak had been sort of struggling the last couple of weeks. Honestly, I, me and my friend, I were talking about it. I, I thought he was hurt. He wasn't running. He wasn't moving in the pocket. Right. You know, if if the pocket collapsed, he was just mm-hmm. conceding it. And uh, this week, all of a sudden, he started moving, started running a little bit, started moving when he threw. Uh, it's exciting times. They're, that defense Cowboys have is one of the best defenses uh, I've ever seen them have. Yeah, uh, yeah. We got to keep Dan Quinn at all costs, like whatever, because <laughs> I've already seen people want to interview him for head coaching jobs. Jerry Jones has got to give that man whatever he wants. Yeah, uh, to stay there because because the I don't know if you remember because I remember very well the Cowboys defense last year was 
historically bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for them to go from historically bad to this year, the, their defense has just been phenomenal. And now that if their defense plays the way they have and Dak puts it together, I mean, they're going to be a tough out in come January. Yeah, I, it, it's it's so interesting. And Kenny, I, I tell you, I it, it's been surprising to me that uh, not more people are talking about the Cowboys especially since they're still kind of America's team. You know, there's Cowboy fans here in New York. Mike, you know that. When the Cowboys play the Giants, forget it, you know, like three-quarters of the stadium, they go out and buy the tickets uh, from Giant fans. Kenny knows that. He hates that. Um, so I, 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 someone asked me this past week who I think the NFL MVP is, and it might be Aaron Rodgers again, might be Tom Brady but I'm telling you, the vote I would give is is your your guy that has all those interceptions. Um, he's just been unbelievable. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, has been man, and he's only his second year. Uh, so him uh, between him and Micah Parsons, because uh, Micah Parsons is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, uh, and he's probably going to get votes for Defensive Player of the Year as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's between those two, and I think another big thing that they don't talk about a lot is getting rid of Jalen Smith. Uh, I think Jalen Smith was hurting their defense yeah. a, a lot, and uh, once they got him out of the way, they have a lot of unsung heroes on their, their team this year. Uh, but once they sort of moved him out of the way and didn't have to worry about that anymore, that defense was just played at a, a different level pretty much the whole season. Yeah. I mean, so Kenny knows this. So three years ago, uh, I was very, very upset that uh, my New York Jets hired Adam Gase instead of Mike McCarthy. I thought Mike McCarthy, just like Buck Showalter, was a no-brainer. You know, uh, I get the best possible coach at that time. And how much do you think McCarthy has to do with the Cowboys' success this year? I think the fact that he went and got the staff he got. Is yeah. is the biggest part of it? Um, just the the all, between off keeping Kellen Moore, who probably won't be there much longer. Yeah, you know, people are someone's going to take him and his his offensive mind. Yeah. But getting him and getting someone like Dan Quinn, who's taken teams to the Super Bowl, yeah, uh, to come in and, and run the defense. Uh, and then um, I can't. They, we have a offensive lineman coach. I can't think of his name. He's a French guy, uh-huh. uh, but he's come in and he's been phenomenal. Uh, just everywhere you look on the on the team, there's experience in those coaching levels. Yeah. So I think you got to give McCarthy a lot of credit, but not necessarily for what he's doing, but more so the people that he brought in to to help him out while he's doing it. Well, I, I think that's important, right, Kenny? You, we see that all the time where you bring a, in a credible coach who he'll attract other credible people to work around him. You know, um, yeah. thus thus Adam Gase didn't attract anybody. <laughs> incredible to work around him you know um and, and so I, interesting with the cowboys um kenny let's jump back over to you I, I hate to say the giants i mean the jets got a win it was jacksonville but so i'll take the win even though they almost lost it there at the end um and, and a lot of fans were upset by the way because oh you should lose the game on purpose and you know i i always hate that you know just just win i don't care about the draft pick or whatever but um, the Giants, I mean, was it just Philly was that good or were the Giants that bad? I- I'm surprised. And that quarterback at, was was great at Georgia. You know, um, he's one of those guys that you thought in the NFL he would his skills would translate. But, man, they had to even pull him in the third quarter. He was so bad. Um, and they just looked unprepared to me. I, I, 
I don't know what your take was. And I know COVID has hit every team, so I don't think that's that's an excuse. Yeah, but they they really looked unprepared. Uh, what what was your take on on the Giants just getting owned by Philly this past week? Well, I think just in general, the Giants have looked like offensively inept. Um, and it's funny because Joe Judge was blaming it all on Jason Garrett. And since he's left, I feel like they've been worse. Um, I thought Jason Garrett was a pretty good offensive coordinator. Right. But it seems like, and obviously the guy that replaces him, Freddie Kitchens, looked absolutely horrible. Like, I mean, he had a chance as a head coach, and that obviously didn't work out in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I think the Phillies are, or the Phillies, the Eagles are a good team. Philly is a they good are. team. But, yeah. um, but they're not that good. Um, like, they shouldn't have gotten blown out the way that they did. Obviously, they only scored, was three points in the first half. So, I don't know. I think at this point, it's just, I feel like Joe Judge is starting to work himself out of a job. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to, he's definitely going to stay. Maybe he'll bring back Daniel Jones or whatever. But it seems like, especially the last few weeks, because, um, like, even just the comment of saying, like, oh, yeah, I think we made a lot of really good plays, like, you scored less than ten points again. Yeah, where were the good? Where were the good plays? Yeah, like, you couldn't even score a touchdown. And the players were so, upset. Some know. of the veterans said that uh, some of the other players didn't show up. You know, and I, I think you're right. That gets coaches fired this time of year, right, Mike? If if uh, you know they see that the owner or the GM sees the team quit this time of year, because you know this is where you got to really you know because these games for the Giants or the Jets they're not going to mean anything you know, for the most part, right? And so, uh, you know, you've, you've got to continue to rise up, but this can get a coach fired this time of year, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing it uh, in my neck of the woods with the Panthers right now, Yeah, uh, with Matt Rule. Uh, everyone was super excited about that hire around here, and now, uh, I don't know if you've been seeing anything the Panthers have done, but, like, the last six weeks, the Panthers, I, it doesn't even look like they've practiced it looks like they're just showing up on Sundays, and they're like, "Wow, here we go. Let's see wow. what happens." Because um, yeah. my, my sister works for the Panthers, uh-huh. so I, I have to hear it every time I talk to her about how bad uh, she doesn't, how much she doesn't like it. But uh, they were actually chanting; they wanted to fire him. This wow! Week. The, the fans were chanting "Fire Matt Rule." Uh, so yeah, it's it's getting to that point in the season where fans are just yeah. If it's not happening, nothing's changing. Uh, you know, to see an offense come out and have. 200 yards a game yeah I, and that's a really good that's a really good comparison because Carolina hasn't been good for a while you know they've kind of and they've got you know McCaffrey and they brought back Cam um and but yet they that hasn't translated into really anything for them in a while so you can see the frustration but after one year they're looking to wow that <laughs> that would be yeah, surprising. Oh yeah, he's definitely they, they everyone around here that wow. I because I'm obviously surrounded by Panthers fans. Right, right. They're all like fire him, fire the offensive coordinator, send them all back to college, and let's start over. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> yeah. that that's really interesting. Oh my gosh. Um, hey, so Kenny, I think we should do this. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up the NFL here. Uh, since we brought Mike on as a guest, let's give him a little space here to talk about his Braves. Um, and listen, you know, I used to hate the Braves back in the nineties and, and early thousands with Chipper. I mean, they, the Mets would never win there. There he 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> nice. The that was the house of horror. Turner Field was a house of horrors for the Mets, you know. And and I and 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 Mike, you know, Kenny and I have talked about. Uh, uh, he's heard me talk about 1999, the championship series ad nauseum, and and I just felt like, man, oh man, if, if without Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Right. If if we had won Game Six, there was no doubt in my mind we were going to win Game Seven. You know, but listen, the Braves were were a great dynasty then, and it had been a while for them. And you know, I and Kenny and I have also talked about the Braves are one of those teams now that it's hard not to like. They've just got some great young talent. It all came together this year. Uh, so, two questions I have for you: Give us a recap on how you felt. Um, but also, are you a little worried that Kenny's Yankees might scoop up Freddie Freeman? Oh, man. Uh, the first part <laughs> about how I felt, man, that season was just – I mean, we talked throughout the season, and it was just a roller coaster. You know, they, they couldn't get over 500. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be a fan like I am, where I you know, watch most games and, and see that they can't even get over 500, it's like, man, what are we doing? You know, it was to the point where it's like – is Snicker the one? Is he the one that should be coaching? But they, they just stayed with their approach. And, I mean, the, the well-documented trade deadline. I mean, I, I doubt Anthopolis knew what he was doing to that extent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. getting Rosario and Solaire, and, I mean, those were all great moves. But I doubt in his mind it was like, hey, these are going to be the ones that help us win the World Series. Yeah. Uh, but, but seeing those moves and, and everyone come in and then – Honestly, my whole when I think about the season, I think they had a a road series in Seattle, or sorry, in St. Louis, uh, where they were two games under five hundred. They swept St. Louis in St. Louis uh, to get over five hundred, and then from there, you know, you can ask my wife. I was like, you know, if they if they stick to this, you know, they they have a chance. And that's when the bullpen started coming together, uh, and then honestly, w- watching a playoff game is is rough. First off, yeah. like just on you as a person, it, it's rough. Uh, but it was like last year when we played the Dodgers. I was nervous the whole time. It was like we don't belong here, you know. When even when they jumped up to three one lead, I was like, man, what are how are they going to blow it? And then sure enough, <laughs> they did. Yeah. Uh, so this year it was when even in that Brewers series, it was sort of just like I feel confident, you know. And uh, once they got past the Brewers and took those first two games with the Dodgers. It was just all excitement from there. And, and just to see that team jail, uh, the Braves have always been a very big part of my life. Uh, just to, So just to finally watch that team jail and uh, embrace the whole underdog role, you know, only because they had the least amount of wins out of any playoff team. Uh, so for them to come in and, and if you think about it, I mean, they never even faced an elimination game in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, they, they handled their business. They, they, out of nowhere, it makes no sense. Uh, especially if you think about the NLCS and Rosario, who was just out of this planet. Yeah. He, I mean, hearing himself so many millions of dollars just in those six games. Uh, yeah. it, no one would ever predicted or have thought of it. So as a fan, it was just, it was an incredible ride. I, I've already ordered uh, the season summary on Blu-ray so I can watch it. Uh, again, you know, it has, a, it has the final, or it has all of the World Series games in its entirety like the broadcast edition. Uh, so I'm excited to get that. <laughs> it was just uh, it was just a crazy year. I still 
see highlights or I see, because I still have stuff coming in. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this is for my, so that's actually, that's a funny story too. I'm, we're going to put that on my, my grandpa who passed away. He's the one that got me into the Braves. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't like very many things or people. Uh, but he liked the Braves, and he liked me for some reason. <laughs> so he would allow me to sit and watch baseball with him every night. Uh, so we're going to put that championship flag on his grave. Oh, wow. The weather stops being crazy, because he would have... Uh, he, he was one of those, He every single night, it didn't matter what was going on, he was in front of the TV watching the Braves. Wow. Uh, and he allowed me to sit with him. He would let me sit on the, the foot of the bed. Uh, and that's sort of where the whole... Uh, passion for them came from so yeah as a Braves fan and waiting so long it's sort of relief uh it also gets you excited for the future if freddie comes back which is the second question you had i i get more worried about that every day because someone they're going to offer him more money the yankees the dodgers they're going to offer him more money it's just a matter of does he want to stay with the braves or does he feel like he did everything he needed to do yeah uh, I can't imagine him on another team, to be honest. You know, he's just one of, I mean, there's, there's a yeah. bunch of players like that, like Mike Trout, and, you know, he, he just kind of represents who the Braves are, right? Joey Votto's another, you know, uh, I can't imagine him on another team, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, as a, as yeah. the Braves franchise have always had that one guy. They went from, they had Hank Aaron, and yeah. then they had Dale Murphy. Uh, and then right after Dale Murphy, Chipper came along and right. was there forever. Uh, and as Chipper was fading into the to the retirement, Freddie came along. Yeah. They've always had that one face. So it would be really – I mean, don't get me wrong. They have superstars on that team. They, yeah. the, the young superstars they have on the team. Acuna is going to be the face of baseball pretty soon. Uh, but Freddie is the face of the franchise. So it, it's tough to imagine it. I don't know – I don't even know how it feels seeing him come to bat. <laughs> on another team, uh, especially I heard a rumor that the Phillies were interested. I mean that just wow, uh, yeah, just a bad taste in my mouth just thinking about it. Wow. Uh, so they they need to give him whatever it is, whatever he wants. Uh, if he wants part of the team, if he wants a statue, yeah. whatever he needs yeah. to bring him back. I want to ask Kenny what he feels about the Yankees possibly getting him in a second, but. Um, you mentioned Hank Aaron, and uh, I'm, I'm the only one on the call here old enough to remember Hank Aaron. And, you know, he's, you know, I don't have heroes in my life because, you know, my dad was just a great dad. But I got to say, man, Hank Aaron was a hero for me watching him go through what he went through. Um, how special was it that the Braves won on the year that Hank Aaron passed away? Yeah, I, I think it, that's what makes it probably the most important championship they've ever won uh, for him to just out of nowhere sort of pass away. I, I mean, it hurt that it hurt the whole franchise. Um, and within a week's time, I don't know if you remember uh, within a week's time, they lost Phil Negro and Hank Aaron, yeah. which are just two Braves yeah. legends. And like the, the community was hurt. Like the Braves fans were legitimately hurt by that. Oh, and Hank yeah. Aaron is just such a, yeah. I mean, that's just such a huge loss. I mean, we're talking one of the best, people to ever play the game not yeah. to mention one of the best players yeah uh so for them to do it and then all the coincidences of the 44s i know you've seen it yeah where they were they were 44 and 44 and there was 44 runs scored in the world Series. all this crazy stuff uh it's just it's one of those storybook things that are almost too good to be true yeah yeah oh man i it's it gives me goosebumps uh you know it, we we were kenny and i were 
totally, we talked a lot on our podcast about when they took the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And, um, you know, that to me was just such a shame because that was going to be the big tribute to him. And they still did a tribute in Colorado. It didn't feel the same, you know, had they done that tribute in Atlanta, you know, and, and listen, I'm, I'm all for voting rights. I, I get all that. But I just felt like if, if the game was there, then there could have been more meaningful conversations. You know, if you had some of the players that, that could have, you know, had some debates about it and spoke about it and brought more focus on it rather than taking it out of there. But especially on a year where, you know, you had lost Aaron a few months before, you know, you, you should have had the All-Star game there. That, you know, that to me was was a miss on baseball. But, um, Kenny, so um, what are you hearing and reading about and I know baseball is this terrible that has come to this screeching halt here with uh, with this lockout. But um, last thing I saw was that the Yankees are really um, all in on Freddie Freeman. What what are you hearing? Yeah, I've kind of heard that they're in, but they're worried that he's not going anywhere too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, obviously, I'll take Freddie Freeman any day of the week. He's one of the best first basemen in baseball. Best defensively, left-handed bat at Yankee Stadium always bodes really well. Yeah. Um, but also, for me, it would be weird to see him in another jersey. Yeah. Like you said, there's a few guys where it's like, like even I look at the Yankees, if Aaron Judge were to leave, because he is a free agent yeah. after next year, it would just be weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. Um, I also, I think my worry is that they would sign him for a really long-term deal. And he is a little bit on the older side. So, like, signing a 10-year deal for Freddie Freeman means he's going to be in his 40s. Yeah, and no, I wouldn't do that. He's already have a lot of guys that will be, like, old players. Like, Stan's going to be an old player at the end of his contract. Garrett Cole. Um, yeah. DJ LeMayhew is also going to be pretty old. So, I don't know. I mean, I would take him in a heartbeat. But I don't know if they're – I don't know how – how willing he'll be to move to New York after being in Atlanta for that long. Yeah. They, they're going to have to blow him away. I'll make a real quick comparison and then we'll, um, we'll get to a few other things. I really want to get to the wrap up 2021 here. I, I read an article recently on, um, it was kind of a step-by-step on how the Mets, because it was like the anniversary of how the Mets lured away Pedro Martinez And, you know, they knew that they were only going to probably get a couple of good years from Pedro, but they and the Yankees don't need to do this. But the Mets were trying to build that credibility, right, Um, of figure if they sign, they show they're spending that money on Pedro that other players will come. And other players did. Uh, Carlos Beltran, you know, followed right away in in that offseason. And then they made the big trade the next year for Carlos Delgado. And then they were contender for a few years, right? But it, it, Pedro did not want to leave Boston in, in the worst way. He was just through and through. And finally, you know, uh, the Mets just blew it away with an extra year. And they blew the money away. And the Red Sox were like, we just we just can't match that. And and Pedro was devastated that the Red Sox didn't match it. But he looked forward to coming to the Mets, you know. That's the only possible way I could see, you know, Freeman not, you know. Uh, I, I think, Mike, what he said about ownership or saying hey finish your career here maybe you could be our broadcaster we'll save a spot for you you know tbs is still in you know you could still pick up braves games all over the place um 
There has to be something there that's going to want to lure. Because the Braves aren't going to be able to match the Dodgers and Yankees with money. And, you know, the Dodgers might go the extra years. I don't think the Yankees will because of Mike Stanton and, you know, A-Rod and all these other contracts that were terrible for them. Um, but I think it's got to be some sort of promise of, of his, of his, you know, of his after career, which, you know, what does he have? Maybe another seven or eight good years, probably another four or five really good years. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that'll be weird to see him in another uniform though. So, um, last thing I'll say is that the Braves won that championship without Okuna, without arguably one of the best top five players in the game. So I'm scared, but my Mets tooled up, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe have another discussion on that, you know, soon. <laughs> All right. Hey, are you guys ready? Let's get to 2021. Before we do that, though, Kenny, why don't we ask Mike, because Kenny and I are both, we love watching the NCAA tournament. That used to be a great ritual for us, you know, uh, together. So he clearly remembers some of these really good North Carolina teams. Uh, so Roy Williams not there anymore. Hubert Davis, right, is the new coach. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hubert Davis, I like. He was a, a really good player for my team, for the Knicks, for a long time. Um, and I remember him clearly in college. He was a very good college player too. Um, what, what's the uh, how are they doing so far? And and what do you think they're going to do this year? Uh, first off, Hubert Davis was the perfect hire. Yeah, uh, he, he was the perfect hire for someone to come in. Uh, behind Roy, as far as the team, it, it depends on what day it is. Uh, you know, they I've seen them get blown out by thirty five. Uh, I've seen them. Wow. Uh, you know, they they uh, they played Iowa, who, in, in my opinion, Iowa might be the best team in the country this year. Wow. Uh, and the Tar Heels played them down to the wire and, and ended up losing. The, the Tar Heels are still pretty young, uh, but I think Hubert Davis is trying to figure out what their identity is, is going to be, because he doesn't want it to just be Roy Williams basketball. He yeah. wants it to be Carolina basketball with his touch on it. Uh, so they have a ton of talent there. Uh, they uh, they got to figure some things out, though, because conference play starts uh, Sunday. Yeah. They start conference play. Yeah. And they are – it's so cra- – so last year they were in the bottom 5% of three-point shooting in the entire country. Uh, and this year they're fourth in the country in three-point shooting. Oh, wow. Okay. But they're like 195th in offensive rebounds, which when Roy was there, they led the country in offensive rebounds year in and year out because mm. it's just something he preached, you know, get the boards. Uh, so if they can somehow find a medium there, uh, since they finally have outside shooting for the first time in years, it seems, yeah, uh, yeah. they might have some success. I I honestly not expected too much this year. I think Hubert's just got to work his way in. Yeah, uh, He'll start getting his own players in. You know, he's already landed quite a few uh, really good recruits coming in the next couple years. Uh, but he is co- right now he's coaching Roy's, you know, Roy's kids, the people that Roy yeah. chose. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's going to be an adjustment period. But, I mean, they're still – they're 9-3. and three. It's just those three losses they had were, were very bad losses. Wow. Well, two of them were just blowout city. Yeah. Like they weren't even in the game, and um, with this young team and with a young coach, when they get down, you can tell when they're down. Yeah, because uh, they just body language goes bad, and it goes from being down twelve to being down twenty five pretty quick. Yeah, so I think they got a lot to uh, accomplish this year. The ACC tough as always. Oh yeah, uh, Coach yeah. K and all of his 
number one draft picks on yeah. that team over at Duke. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think they'll make the tournament. Probably be like a six seed, seven seed. But they still got quite a few things to figure out before then. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Hard to imagine, right, Kenny? This time next year, we'll have the ACC without Shashevsky and without Roy Williams. You know, um, that, yeah. that, that's really hard to imagine. Uh, you know, and that and Hubert Davis, I, I think you're right. Very low key guy, perfect. But because it's hard to replace a legend. I mean, you think about North Carolina. You went from Dean Smith, and I know there were a couple of coaches in between that didn't have any success. And then you went to Roy Williams, who was it three three championships? I think he won. Right, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. hard to do, man. That that's uh, it's it's amazing. You know, yeah. uh, excellent coach. All right, so we'll keep an eye. Uh, we, we'll talk some more college basketball. Maybe we have to get Mike back on when the uh, tournament starts, which is not that far away, believe it or not. Um, all right, let's get to – I'm so excited about this. So let's go around the horn with one each and um, give you plenty of time and space to talk about your top five moments, top five moments of 2021. I'll start because I, I, I'll, I'll go to me, Mike, and then Kenny, you, because – I love when you close the podcast out. So uh, I'll start. My my number five, I struggled with this. So is it okay if I have a tie for number five? I'll say them both real quick. Uh, my uh, One number five was Jacob DeGrom's first half. I, I, so it's not one moment there, but just his whole first half, it was just unbelievable. And, and I've lived through, you know, Ron Guidry, Dwight Gooden, some of these just historic years. DeGrom was uh, was better than any of those guys that I had seen in that first half. It's just a shame that he got hurt. All right, let me go to the moment, though. The moment for me um, really got into the NBA playoffs this year for some reason, and I, more than I had in the past, maybe because the Knicks got us excited, and even though they were out in the first round there. But, um, you know, I watched a good chunk of the finals this year, and just to turn it, because it was so interesting to see Phoenix with Chris Paul get in there. Giannis and the Bucks. The Bucks were a great team when I was a little kid, and they hadn't really got over that hump in such a long time. But um, it was such a compelling finals. To me, though, the moment, game three, Suns are up two games to nothing. Uh, in the first half, about five minutes left in the first half, the Suns are blowing the Bucks out. They're up by like 19, and the Bucks come back, make a run. They cut it down to around eight or nine at the half. They go into that second half, blow the Suns out, and it was done from there. You know, then they won the next three, and Giannis scores fifty in game in uh, game six. Just a very, very compelling final. So that's my real number five. Uh, game three, Buck Suns. Mike, you're up. Number five. Yeah. So my number five is uh, I just wrote one word: Shohei. <laughs> uh, just Shohei Otani. Uh, what he did this yeah, year, I don't know one. if we'll ever see again. Uh, it's just insane uh, to think about. Uh, first of all, that dude can hit. Like, I mean, he's a legitimate hitter and pitcher. Uh, and even though he's on the West Coast, I tried to keep up, you know, and watch his highlights and read about him. And it was just, uh, it's just absurd to think about what he was doing uh, when you think about. Because when, like, in the National League, when the pitchers come to bat, I mean. You might as well just have a, a mop bucket stand up there. Uh, so when he comes to bat, I mean, he's batting like he's batting second and starting pitching. Like it's just it's, it's insane to see. So literally, just his whole season uh, to me was just one of the the top moments for sure. Wow. 
Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Ken. Well, Mike actually had one of mine there. Um, my number five also is Shohei Otani because um, wow. just the amazing season that he had. Um, I want to highlight his all-star game. I mean, the guy participated in the home run derby, and that is the starting pitcher of the all-star game and also leading off the all-star game. Um, just like one of those crazy seasons amazing. that we'll look back on and be like, wow. Because um, even if he has like an amazing season next Sorry, year, I didn't just get like that. winning the MVP, the internet isn't reachable. With as many innings as he threw and as many at bats as he had, like that's something we haven't seen like at all. So he just had an amazing season. Amazing! Wow! Wow! Uh, yeah, and and I was a little bit I, I wasn't uh, all in on him for being MVP until kind of the eleventh hour. I thought Guerrero just you know, but. When you combine the pitching and everything, I, I, I totally agree. Unbelievable. All right, number four for me. Uh, I'm going back to the NBA. Game seven, Nets, Bucks, Eastern Conference Finals. That that series was just unbelievable, the whole series. And then, but Kevin Durant, uh, who to me doesn't get the credit that he should, he's one of the all time greats. And the way he stepped up clutch in that, uh, in, in that series and ending that game seven. I mean, his toe is on the line. It's a two-pointer instead of a three-pointer. Uh, the Bucks win just a hard-fought, old-school type NBA uh, seven-game war. Uh, they win it by only one point in overtime. It was just an unbelievable moment. And even uh, the fans in Brooklyn giving Giannis and the Bucks, you know, the the applause that they did at the end. They were applauding really for both teams, just leaving it out on the floor. That was just a great, one of the all-time best series uh, in the NBA, but particular Game 7 uh, with so much on the line, just so many clutch shots. But, you know, Durant just a toe, you know. just if, if I was a Brooklyn Nets fan, I would just I would have never gotten over that, you know. But, um, but I thought that that was just a phenomenal, phenomenal moment uh, in, in, uh, in uh, this past year. So that's my number four. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, uh, just to echo off that, I I totally agree about KD. Yeah, uh, I think people under somehow to be underrated as one of the best players of all time, but I still think they underrate just how good that dude is. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, uh, my number four is a little bit different. It's a, it is a moment including sports, but it it was a big it's something that really stuck out to me, and that was um, the lawsuit for the name and likeness for college players to to finally be decided. That's a good one. Yeah, wow, uh, because. For me, what that means is NCAA football will finally make its return to video games. Uh, and I used to play that all the time. I, my buddy uh, still plays NCAA 14 all the time, like it's a new game. Uh, so <laughs> for them, one, the college players finally being able to make money, which I've always thought it was insane how much money these universities make. And then they're like, all right, college kids, you got to go to the cafeteria now and eat. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, just, yeah. it was always crazy to me. So the fact that they can get paid, but now also they can sell their own name and likeness, which is going to lead to more opportunities and, and more entertainment. I think that was a, that's a huge moment in sports for me. No doubt. Wow. That's a good one. Really good one. Awesome. Okay, Ken. All right. Well, my number four is kind of a little bit of an obscure one. But I want to focus on the Detroit Lions and their first win of the year. Oh, wow. Because um, they, they had a lot of 
very close calls, a 67-yard field goal. Um, there's a couple other ones they lost in the last second. And they have a new coach, and they were super excited for him winning. Um, like, they were, like, jumping up and down like they just won the Super Bowl, which, like, good for Detroit. Um, but one of the other things that kind of sticks out to me about this is after the game, they um, dedicated the game ball to Oxford, Michigan, where the um, that school shooting had happened just yeah. that prior week. Yeah. So, like, not only were they, like, really excited about winning, but they're like, we didn't win for us, we won for these guys. Also, it took them almost 365 days to win. So it's always nice when a team hasn't won in a while can finally secure that win. And also now they're not the number one overall draft pick or projected. Now that's moved to Jacksonville. So Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Good for the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I root for that coach, you know. He uh, was crying in the press conference. And, you know, a lot of people made fun of him. But I'm like, we get on – we get on our athletes and coaches when we think they don't care, you know, but so we can't have it both ways. You know, here's a guy that cared so much, you know, he's like, my team is playing so hard, you know, um, that's a good one. Um, I struggle with my top three, right? So I could have went either way on any one of these three moments, but I went with how I, how, how I felt at, at that moment. So obviously number one, I'll, uh, that, that was the difference. So number three for me was Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl. I mean, you just, you can't draw it up any better, right? I mean, they, they play in Tampa. Tom Brady, I'm sorry, my New England fans, you know, my because I, I, both Kenny and I have a lot of ties up to, up to, uh, up north for me. Um, and they, you know, they loved, I they had to be rooting for Brady, you know, uh, since New England wasn't in it. But Tampa was your pick, Kenny, uh, beginning of the season last year, and, uh, I, I, what Brady did is just uh, there's no words for it, you know, and and uh, and they might do it again this year, you know. I mean, who would count them out? You can't just count this guy out. It's unbelievable. It's historic. I mean, people will talk about that for years on end, but I would say that that's my number three. I, I don't remember it being such a great game. I just remember, uh, you know, so it's not one of the best Super Bowls of all time, but just the the achievement to me was uh, just spectacular. That's my number three. Yeah, yeah. You might see Tom Brady on my list later. <laughs> but uh, my number three was back to the NBA Finals, uh, game six. Uh, my man Giannis. Yeah. First off, the fact that he stayed with Milwaukee, yeah. uh, I admire. Yeah. But uh, if you remember game six, he dropped 50 and 14 rebounds and five blocks. Unbelievable. And, uh, to clinch the title. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Uh, and if I remember correctly, he shot like it was like nineteen for twenty five or something just absurd like that. Uh, so for him, I, I think if that game, if that series goes to Game Seven, I'm probably putting my money on Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, but he seemed to want to make sure that that wasn't going to happen, so he put one of those just all time performances out there. Uh, I mean, to drop a fifty piece in a in an NBA title clincher that's that's legendary type stuff. So that was my number three. Wow, that's a good one. It's that's an amazing, amazing performance, especially in a clinching game. Wow. Yeah, I'll just add there. Um, it's I also loved how humble he was throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Where um, they had asked him about that iconic game three block, 
He's like, nah, I don't really watch it because if I'm looking back, that's just my ego talking. So I, I gotta just keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my number three, um, well, this is also kind of a side note too. It's really fun that we were able to see like kind of as normal of a season as possible, really for all three, like all baseball, basketball, football, hockey, like, I think that's one of the bigger things, especially still in a pandemic. Um, but I want to focus on number three with the Olympics. Um, in particular, Simone Biles and like being willing to kind of step away from the biggest stage to focus on mental health. But then still coming back and at least competing a little bit. Um, I think we we had a lot of conversations um, during the summer about yeah. how important mental health is when it comes to sports. So yeah. um, Naomi Osaka as well could be yeah. roped in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's been a couple other people kind of peppered in. I know Ben Simmons kind of had mentioned that's part of the reason why he hasn't played. But, um, but really just like the Olympics and kind of also just the fun that the Olympics usually is. Um, I mean, men's basketball continues to dominate, even though it looked kind of scary at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's okay. my number three. Awesome. Yeah, that that's a really good one as well. Um, yeah, Simone Biles, I mean, she's just amazing. And what she accomplished was even more amazing, you know, uh, due to her mental state. You know, we, we take that stuff for granted. You know, how hard is it to get out there? You know, it's just you, right? Especially a sport like that. It's just you. And, oh, oh, by the way, if, if you mess up, you could fall and break your neck, you know, um, in a sport like that. So, um, all right. I struggled again with, with uh, number one and two. So uh, here's his number two. Um, you talked about normal. It was great that the NCAA tournament went on. That's still, you know, probably my favorite two and a half weeks of, of sports, you know, it's just great. And it was all in Indianapolis, obviously this year, but the, the best teams kind of still rose up. I think I picked Baylor right before the tournament started. I just thought that they were a great team, but here's the final four and just an all time game, probably one of the best, if not the best all time final four game, Gonzaga, UCLA, uh, Jalen Suggs hits that shot in overtime uh, to, to put them into the championship game. And, you know, I knew Gonzaga was going to lose that championship game because they left it all on the on the, uh, on the the court in that Final Four game with UCLA. UCLA, what a great job they did. Um, you know, but that, that shot was just unbelievable. That game just went back and forth, back and forth through the whole game. You know, it wasn't like somebody made a big comeback. It was just right from the beginning. It was just... You, you felt like that was going to be a classic, and it was. Two uh, excellent, excellent teams. You know, obviously, Gonzaga was undefeated, so they were, you know, that was the other piece of it. You know, they were going for that historic, you know, record to be undefeated, which is really hard to chase. Um, you know, I think now it's still Indiana, right? 1976. So that's a long time that a team has gone, you know, being undefeated. That's hard to do. So, um you know, the, the next game was anticlimactic. Baylor just, uh, which I thought they would, uh, even as good as Gonzaga was, Baylor was just more athletic, I thought. Um, but just that that's national semifinal was just unbelievable. That's my number two. Yeah, Baylor smoked them. Yeah, <laughs> they did. <laughs> uh, my number two, Tom Brady, man. Yeah. Like, just thinking back of this year, that was one of the first things that popped in my head was, 
him getting another Super Bowl. Uh, you just can't bet against the guy. You know, a lot of people don't like him, but I mean, he wins. He just he wins games. Yeah. And what is what was it, his seventh ring, right? Yeah. 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 Seven now, which it still sounds weird to say that because no other franchise has that many rings. Yeah. And, and he does. Uh, so to see him, especially. I think a bigger piece is who he went up against. You know, the juggernaut Chiefs and uh, Mahomes, who everyone already wants to go ahead and, and give the gold jacket to. Uh, and then Tom Brady sort of just comes in and pump your brakes. Yeah. He's still here. Yeah. Uh, so for him, for him to get number seven, and like you said, I mean, who's going to bet against him this year? I mean, I, I think I'm at the point where I just – if he's playing, I just assume he's going to win the playoff game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that was definitely a big one, watching him at age, what is it, 43 now? Whatever age he's at, <laughs> win yet another one. It's just crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'm with it. Yeah. I I almost had Tom Brady on mine, but I figured at least someone would have it. Um, my number two is um, actually, I'm just going to say, in general, the next season – um, yeah, being able to actually like sit down and watch the Knicks and actually like feel good about it has felt really good. Um, it's kind of been up and down this year, but or this season, but like watching them like make the playoffs, be a four seed. I know it didn't go that well, but seeing Julius Randle kind of emerge as the comeback player of the year, um, or I guess most improved player, um, Derek Rose and kind of seeing his role, obviously Thibodeau being kind of the master behind that. And then also a lot of these young players and like actually being excited about the Knicks for the first time in, I don't know, seven years. Yeah. Whenever they had that 52 win season. So yeah. um, that to me, like being able to actually watch the Knicks has been great. Cause like a lot of years, especially here in Cleveland, it's hard to figure out how to watch it. And when you see they can get blown out by 35 every night by bad teams, you're like, uh, not worth it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two. Wow. Yeah. I Listen, uh, I won a championship here, man. <laughs> and, and my, it, you know, I, as, and this is how young I was. You know, I had to beg my mom to stay up because back then the finals, if it was in Los Angeles, it was still starting at 10 o'clock. I had to beg my mom to stay up to watch Game 5 on a Sunday night to watch the Knicks win the championship in 73. So, um, you know, it, it's been a long time. Uh, yeah, they, it was exciting. It was really exciting. So hopefully they'll follow that up this year and, and, and right the ship here. All right, the number one for me, um, it, it was just the way I felt, um, you know, because the game didn't mean all that much, but... I'm going with my number one as the Field of Dream games, the Yankees and White Sox. I mean, it was just an unbelievable night. Field of Dreams is my all-time favorite movie. And just to to have, you know, a real game in that same cornfield. Baseball, you know, I get so frustrated that baseball does a lot of things wrong, you know. But that was one night they just got it right. It was just a perfect night. And I'm sorry the Yankees lost that night with Tim Anderson with the walk-off home run. But it couldn't have ended any other way. I mean, it was just, uh, it was just to me, a perfect night uh, right there. Still, I think it was in August, right? So it's still right there in the summer. Baseball is the summer game. Um, that, to me, was the number one moment for me. I know this is going to be a mystery, what my number one moment was. 
Uh, <laughs> it was obviously. Yeah, really. The, Come on. The, the Braves run to the championship, number one for me. Uh, when I think about it, because obviously every postseason run has those milestone, historic moments. Uh, me, I think of two moments specifically uh, game six in the NLCS against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, seventh inning, Luke Jackson comes in. Who knows what happens? Luke Jackson just bees. He decides to be Luke Jackson for a minute. Yeah. Uh, second and third, no outs. The Braves are only up two, and it's second and third, no outs. Uh, and then they bring in Tyler Matzik, and on 12 pitches, he strikes out the side, uh, which was one of the more nervous, but one of the more just amazing moments that, that I've ever seen. Especially, the, I mean, we went through Pujols and Betts, uh, and especially that Mookie Betts at bat, three fastballs. He said, hey, like, this is it, if you want it, you know. Uh, so that moment, and then obviously the, the biggest moment in that run for me is Game 6, the World Series, when Jorge Soler hit that ball in oh. the orbit. Uh, that, I think every Braves fan in the entire country sort of breathed a little bit easier after that because it was like, okay, you know, we're, we're okay now because they lost Game 5 at home after being up 4 to nothing, so everyone was on the edge. And then as soon as he hit that ball, it, it just – it all went away, and I was like, "Man, we're gonna, we're actually gonna close this thing out tonight." Uh, and rumor is that ball still hasn't landed. Yeah. <laughs> so for that reason, that is why uh, that is my definite, definite yeah. number one moment of the year. Awesome. I, I well, we're shocked. I mean, that's your number one moment. I, I'll say this real quick because you mentioned Tyler Matzik. That's one of the funniest moments of the year, the parade. Where he almost got arrested because the cop yeah, didn't man, know who he was. My guy. <laughs> and he's the, he's trying to tell. It's almost like the cop was saying, "Yeah, tell it to the judge. Let's go. You know, let's move yeah. on, buddy. You know, like and, and they had all the cops had to come over and say, "No, no, he's one of the players." You know, no, it, it was a great, great run. I, I'm glad you brought up those moments because I've forgotten about a few of those. But that's a layer home run. Oh my gosh, uh, that was just unbelievable, unbelievable. He knew exactly what was coming. You know, what pitch was coming. It was unbelievable. Yep. yep. All right, Kenny, you're number one, and then you're going to take us home. All righty. Um, yeah, well, and also the Braves, I think the run also, like, when I look at it, I'm like, I'm glad it was the Braves and not the Red Sox or the Astros <laughs> or the Dodgers. I'm like, yes. Um, my number one, you stole mine, actually, and that's the Field of Dreams game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think just the – the setting of it was amazing, but then also the game itself. It's all—it's really funny to look at, like, um, Andrew Heaney started that game for the Yankees. Yeah. And and he wasn't great, but then the Yankees down late in that, like, they went, they came back against arguably two of the best, like, relievers in the game. Um, Stanton hit that huge home run. Which he had been struggling. Yeah. Um, Judge then added a second home run there. Obviously, it didn't end well, but I think kind of having that, the aura around the game, how it was the only game that was happening, like at that time, it was like huge. It was like a lot of people were really interested in it. And you usually, like you said, don't really see that a lot in baseball, um, especially like the summer is baseball. Nothing yeah. else is going on. Yeah. And yet, I feel like sometimes they don't really take as much advantage of it. Um, but also, I feel like it's kind of a microcosm of the Yankee season. You think everything's going well, and then the rug still comes from underneath you. So <laughs> I think it fits their season well. 
Yeah, we agree on that. I think we were texting a lot that night. Um, just an unbelievable game, uh, unbelievable moment. You know, the game happened to be really good too, exciting. But they need to do that. I, I know they're doing it again. But um, baseball needs to, like you just said, take advantage of. There's nothing else going on in the summer. They need to do some special weekends, World Series rematch weekend. You know, something like that. You know. So anyway, all right. I'm gonna put the music on. Before that, let's thank Mike for coming on. We got to get you back on, man. This was yeah. really good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, Kenny, uh, take us home, man. All right. Well, happy new year to everyone. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll see uh, some awesome things in 2022. Kenny and Mike. We'll see you guys next year. Absolutely. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.